Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. I'm really excited about this collection of talks called House of Praise. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about number one, uh, that God refers to church a lot in his word as a house, as a home. It's a place where you can feel like you belong even before you might believe. And once you do believe, it's a place where you can become the son and daughter that God created you to be. It's not just a house just there though, it's a house of praise, meaning that praise brings us joy. Praise helps us realize that there is a God who is bigger than us at work. Praise reminds us that in God's word, it tells us that it's praise that breaks the spirit of heaviness and breaks burdens in our life so that we can know that we can trust God with those things and he'll carry them for us and he'll give us freedom and all of the above. It's a house of praise. This is important to me because as I was growing up, I always thought God was kind of distant. I don't know if you ever felt that way before. If you ever felt like God was kind of distant, that you believed in him or kind of knew that there was a God, maybe you even find yourself in this place today, but he just seemed kind of far away. And I grew up believing that for so long and it wasn't until I walked into a church and I began to witness people who were truly experiencing God in a real way that I had never thought possible or never observed before. During times where we would sing, their hands were up, they were singing these songs, even if they couldn't sing at all, they were lifting up just a joyful noise to God, and it really seemed like they believed God was in the room with them. And I remember listening to them during messages and kids my age like saying amen and clapping and getting excited about the promises and truth that are in God's word. And I realized, man, there is something that I am missing. I don't like missing out on things, right? Like, I don't like missing out on things. If people are hanging out, even if I don't know them, I'm like, why didn't they invite me? Well, because they don't know you. That's probably why they didn't invite you. But it looks fun. I feel like I'm missing out, right? Well, in that moment, I felt like I was missing out. I felt like there was something that they were experiencing that I, didn't, that I had never experienced before. And it was in that moment I said, you know what, God, if you're real, I'm just gonna kind of follow along here. I'm gonna lift my hands, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna take notes, I'm gonna shout amen, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to go to a deeper level in my relationship with you. See, over the next few weeks, I want us as a church to go to a deeper level in our relationship and experience of God. Now, for some of us, that might be just trusting Jesus with our life, making the first step into relationship with him. With some of us, it might be going to deeper to something that we never thought possible in our relationship with God. But here's the thing I love about our Heavenly Father. Here's the thing I love about Jesus. Man, he is so proud and he is so happy about just one step closer to him. He is so proud and so excited when you take one step deeper into the things that he has for you. The title of today's message is, When the Praises Go Up. And if you know that chant song, you know the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. And it's really important to lean into that phrase today. That when the praises go up, not when the praises go to the person next to us in our row, not when the praises go to that person we see in the mirror, not when the praises go to our social media pages or our success, nothing like that. When the praises go up, to our God. When the praises go up to heaven, that's when the blessings come down. 
I love that there's so much encouragement in God's word. Some of the biggest encouragement we see, today we're gonna walk through the book of Psalms, a couple chapters that I just love. Psalms really is like a book of praise, a book of worship about God. And there's many moments in the chapters where the authors write, it's a privilege to look up. It's a privilege to focus on the things of God and focus on the things of heaven. It is a new month, so I think it's time just to step into something new. I would definitely encourage you to come back next week, August 8th, because we're starting something we do twice a year. In the fall, we do it for 21 days. Uh, in, the, in the beginning of the year, we do it for 21 days. In the fall, we do it for 10 days. So next, next Sunday starts our 10 days of worship and prayer and fasting, where we commit 10 days to God. Where we commit 10 days to say, you know what? God, this next season of time, this next week and a half is all about you. We start listening to some more worship music, we do some fasting or where we take a break from social media or something that reminds us that we can't do this without God. We spend a little more time in prayer, a little bit more time in God's word. And man, after the end, at the end of those 10 days, we feel filled up and ready to go. And actually for the closing night of those 10 days, August 18th, we're gonna have a church-wide worship night right here in the Rialto Theater to remind us that man, it's a privilege to experience God. Would you read the, the verse that's on your notes with me today? It's from Psalm chapter five. Chapter five is what we're walking through today. It says this. Psalm chapter five, verse seven and eight says this, because of your unfailing love. Would you underline that for me? I have you underline stuff because I think it's important to go back and look at it. But it doesn't just say because of your love, God. It says because of your unfailing love. God is not about to fail you. God is not about to let you down. His love is unfailing, so because of that, Here's what David says, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. Another thing I would love for you to underline is I will worship. Kind of the three words that will guide us over these next three weeks. That God, because of your, your unfailing love, I will worship, period, that's it. Doesn't matter what the circumstances in my life outside may look like, doesn't matter even where my belief level is at right now, God, because of your unfailing love that I've experienced, I will worship. And worship is deeper than just vocals and instruments and music. Worship is the posture of our heart. Worship is a lifestyle. To say, you know what, God, you are good. I learned at a very young age that worship is simply lifting up God for who he is. And we're gonna talk about that today. When the praises go up, great things happen. And I think, again, it's August 1st, so it's time to make some new decisions, time to just give God a little bit more of our life, to trust him with some things. There's a pastor that I follow. His name is Pastor Chad Veach. He pastors Zoe Church in L.A., and he has this big thing that he's starting. It's his August commitments, right? And so he's got these, like, five or six August commitments that he's committed to do. I'm going to try and join him and follow along with some of them. His first commitment is, is in August, no social media after 8 p.m. That could probably help me out a little bit. That's a good decision. The second thing is to do 100 push-ups and sit-ups every single day. That I'm gonna have to work towards, but I think that's a good commitment. The third one is to text someone every day an encouraging sentence. Just text someone every day in our life, a friend, a family member, an encouraging word about them, just that you're thinking of them, to text someone every day. The fourth thing, this will be very difficult for me, it's a little bit of a, a diet thing. No bread for August, that'll be a little crazy. No bread, I'm gonna try it though. And you can hold me accountable, I'm gonna try it. But the fifth thing he says I wanted to share with you today is that every morning he's committing, and I'm gonna commit to this as well, every morning just speaking 
these 10 life-giving declaration statements over his life every morning. I wanna share them with you today. You can take a picture of them if you want. Here's what it says. Number one, I can do hard things. Number two, I rule my emotions. They do not rule me. Woo, that's a good one. Number three, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Number four, I am more than a conqueror through grace. Five, I choose to speak what is right and encouraging. Six, I choose to receive his love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Seven, today I choose an attitude of gratitude. Eight, today is the perfect day to make an impact. Nine, today I decide to humble myself and serve. And 10, God is for me no matter who or what is against me. If you believe that last one, give me an amen. Come on, let's lean in today. Number 10 is what we're committed to talk about. Write this down for me as we begin to jump into the heart of the message just before we pray. Worship is an opportunity to show how much we value the presence of God. To realize that it's an opportunity to experience and have a moment with our Heavenly Father. You know, I wear this little wristband here and it might not mean a lot of value to you or may, may not seem that it's worth something just looking at it because it is just like a, like a $3 wristband that I got off Amazon. I bought a lot of them though because I bought one of these over 10 years ago in the Dominican Republic on the very first mission trip I ever went on. And I remember as a 15 year old kid seeing God do things through me that I never thought possible. Seeing miracles answered because of prayers that I prayed over people. Seeing people come to know Jesus and, and seeing joy on the faces of kids and realizing for that week, God did something amazing through me. And I don't think it's selfish to think that because that's what God wants to do. And I always wear this wristband because I bought one, you know, I did a little haggling at one of the markets there and bought one for like 50 cents that looked like this way back when. But it reminds me that Ryan, if God can do something through you then, he'll do something through you now. That if God can do miracles through your life then, he can do them now. You just gotta be ready, you gotta be willing, you gotta be available. So this has value to me because I know what it means when it comes to what God has done in my life. When we see God as someone who has saved us, redeemed us, forgiven us, and freed us, and restored us back to who we really are, man, we don't, we don't, we don't miss any opportunity to lift him up. And we realize he's got tremendous value. The, the author of a translation of the Bible called The Message, Eugene Peterson, he says this about worship, that worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. So for the next 20 minutes, as I share with you, we're gonna lay down ourselves a little bit and we're just gonna talk about the presence of God. And we're gonna lean into that this morning. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as we pray? God, I'm so thankful that you are a good God. I'm so thankful that you invite us into your house, that you invite us to experience you. Father, I pray that every person in this room and every person watching online today would realize they're your son and, and you are their daughter in Christ. We trust and give our lives to your son Jesus. We're invited into the family. And God, our only response today is to worship and to lift you up and experience you in a new way. God, I pray over these next few weeks you'd help us go deeper. You'd help us take that one step God, give us time today to listen and lean in and jot some notes down of the things that have encouraged us. God, be with all our kids next door for local kids as they experience you, as they worship, as they learn about Jesus. And God, we're so thankful that your house is called a house of praise. And God, after last night, I'm thankful that the Rays are back in first place. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Come on, clap our hands. Let's go. Let's go. 
Now, you may be saying, you don't usually pray for the Rays. I thought you weren't a baseball guy. Well, I'm not usually, but somebody got us tickets, me and Adrian, to go to the Rays game last night. We had amazing seats. It was awesome. They won back in first place, which is great. It was funny because about halfway through our time there at the game, Adrian looked over to me and she thought, man, I thought baseball was going to be like super boring. This is pretty exciting. And I'm like, yeah, it's like four innings and it's like 10 or 11 runs in the game. There's been like three or four home runs, some stolen bases, some exciting strikeouts. I told her if it was like a zero, zero, like barn burner, like you would not want, you probably wouldn't enjoy it at all. But she had a hot dog and she was excited about that. Uh, But it's just, it's when those moments you realize that when you're actually in the room experiencing with people and people are cheering around you, there's a new level of worth that comes from it, right? That walking in, I was like, okay, it's gonna be great. Tickets were free, so that's obviously awesome. If it's free, it's for me. But walking into the experience was different. Walking into experience where a lot of people are there for one purpose, to cheer on something they're excited about, to when something great happens, to shout and high five. And it's amazing what that changes when it comes to our perspective of worth in that experience. And a word I want you to kind of add to your vocabulary over the next few weeks is not just the word worship, but to kind of add a couple letters in there to really think about it in this perspective, and it's the idea of worth-ship. What is God worth to you? You see, in our times where we get to experience him, and our times when we get to lift him up and forget about all the stresses and circumstances of life, when we get to realize that he is God and I am not, we're actually kind of answering this question What is God worth to me? So in these moments and in your life, Monday through Saturday, I want you to think about that question. Because I I can answer it for you from the other side. I can tell you what you were worth to God. You were worth his son. You were worth him giving his son up in the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for the sins that we have committed. You were worth him taking time to create us and breathe life into you. You're worth a lot to God because you are his son and daughter that he created. And he so desperately wants to invite you back into his family through his son Jesus to experience him and know him, to know that you can't do this without him. So we answer this question, worthship is God, what is your, you're worth everything to me. I can't do this without you. I think one of the hardest and one of the best places we ever come to in life is when the only way we can get through it is with God. And sometimes... It's a good reminder that, oh God, I can't do this without you. Sometimes it's the thing that runs us right in to the arms of God. And we realize, man, God, you are worth truly everything. There is a guy in the Bible, I kind of mentioned his name already. His name is David, and he knew this because he had walked through some incredible scenarios and situations in his life where the only way he was able to get through it was by realizing that God was worthy of praise, that God was worthy of worship, that God was worth everything to him. And here's what he says in Psalm chapter five, going back to the beginning of that chapter, he says this, oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. I love that line. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. See, I love that sometimes I believe we can put so much seriousness over our relationship with God that we feel it has to fit in the right puzzle piece or has to fit in the right order of operations to truly be someone who is experiencing God. But I think David actually prays prayers that we might pray sometimes. Oh God, I I kinda, if I'm gonna do this prayer thing, I kinda want you to listen. You ever talk to someone and you know they're not listening? My wife talks, oh, yes, my wife talks to me all the time and she knows, are you listening? Yeah, sure, and then she has this question. 
than what I just say. Ooh, uh, you said something. Give me a second to see if I can remember what it was, if I can remember any words that stood out, right? And I know sometimes we can probably put that aspect on God where we think, man, is God, are you really listening? Because it's hard to talk to a God that maybe we can't see. It's hard to maybe sometimes talk to a God that we don't hear audibly. But I promise you he's listening. I promise you that his heart is open, that his arms are open wide, his ears are attentive to what you're going through. It's exactly what David says. Oh, Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. You ever groaned before? Oh, life. You ever have those moments? Oh, my job. Ah, oh, family. Or oh, that one person that just rubs me the wrong way, right? We groan. Groaning is not a nice thing to do. Groaning is not like something that we probably want to do every day. You don't wake up and say, man, I can't wait to groan about something today. I don't know why we would want that. But, you know, circumstances and problems and situations in our life cause us to this. And so David says, hey, God, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm kind of frustrated. I'm kind of hurting right here. Would you pay attention to that for me? I mean, this is in the Bible. It says, listen to my cry for help, my king and my God. What David is saying there is reminding us that the fact that we can say my God is truly more powerful than we could possibly imagine. That God, one of the most powerful things that someone says to Jesus is actually one of his followers, Thomas. It's so funny, Thomas gets this label, Doubting Thomas. And there's only this one instance in his life where he doubts and he's labeled it forever. You ever felt like you were labeled something and it only happened like one time? Like you did something in school and forever you were known as like, the kid who brought bologna to lunch and it followed you like the high school or whatever, or like you ripped your pants and you were the ripped pants kid for the rest of your life. Who knows, whatever it might have been, you can't get away from the label, right? Well, Thomas had one moment where probably every normal person would have doubted. So what happens is Jesus has given his life and he conquers death and he's walking around after he's conquered death and he appears to the disciples, but Thomas isn't there. And so Jesus tells him, hey, I'm alive, here I am. And then he leaves, and then Thomas shows up back to where the disciples are hiding. And the disciples say, hey, Jesus is alive, we've seen him. And, they, and in that moment, Thomas doubts. He doubts that someone raised from the dead. Probably a lot of us, had, if we had not seen it with our own eyes, we would have said, I don't believe you. So Thomas says that, I don't believe you. And he says, unless I can put my hands in his scars and my hands in his wounds, I cannot believe that he has risen from the dead. Well, Jesus doing what he does, shows up right now, right there in that moment, and he says, do what you please. And he puts his hand in, in Jesus' hands and his wounds and on his side. And Thomas utters this sentence, my God, you are my God. And it's the first time anyone refers to Jesus as my God. See, I think sometimes, especially when it comes to worship, we can think about the big spectacle and the big room. But I want you to know today that God is focused on you. God is focused on what's going on individually in your life. There's probably a lot of problems in here. But God is so big and so amazing that he can focus in right on the one thing that you're going through. That he knows your name, he knows your situation, he knows what you're walking through. And in those moments, you can say, my God, I need you to answer my situation. My God, I need you to help me in my life. Our son Shepherd does kind of what David is saying here with us all the time. Oh God, pay attention to me. What Shepherd does now with us is he grabs our face like this and he says, Daddy, look. It doesn't matter what, he's do, what, it, what it is, if he's watching a show or for reading a book, because he knows sometimes I'll either be looking at something else or on my phone, but he wants to make sure that if we're sitting on the couch watching or reading something together, my face is going to be, you know, looking where he's looking. And he literally just keeps his little tiny hand on my face the whole time, because even when, even when, like, he'll go down and, like, oh, okay, he's, 
you know, he's not doing it anymore, and I'll turn, he'll go, no, daddy, look. Like, he'll grab it back, daddy, look, daddy, look. And I think sometimes we need to realize that we can freely do that with the Lord. Like, hey, God, wait a minute, I still need you a little bit. I still need you to help me here, because I took one step, but I don't know if I can take the second one, right? I pray for, to no one but you. I think one of the things that could really free us during these next few weeks is instead of when situations arise or when we don't know what to do, the first thing we would do is, man, let me just go to God really quick. Some of the most just consistent people I know in my life are people who just their first reaction is to pray. Like this is it, their first reaction is to pray. Like when I tell someone, hey, I'm going through this. Okay, cool, let's, before you tell me anymore, let me just stop and pray. Oh, okay, cool. Like, I like, I like for me, that's encouraging because it just reminds us, man, the first thing to do is to go to God. The first thing to do is I don't pray to anyone but you, Lord. And it keeps us focused in on who God is. Here's something I would love for you to write down this morning. It says this. It's that my worship should not be influenced by the circumstances of my life, but only by the character of my God. See, if, if our worship is, is determined by the circumstances of what's going on outside, then we're always going to be influenced by the way we get a chance to experience God. You ever have something you've been really looking forward to, and then that moment or that morning something happens and it just kind of totally derails your day? Well, I think when it comes to our, the moments that we have with the Lord, it's this understanding that, yeah, you know what? My circumstances may be great or they may be awful right now, but I'm not gonna let that influence my worship. I'm not gonna let that influence and get, make me miss a chance I have to experience God and know that he's with me. To realize that, man, I may be going through hell on earth outside, but I know that the God of heaven and earth is available to me in this moment, and so I'm just gonna let go and let God and give him everything that I got because there's no way I can get in or get through this without him. There's no way I can make this happen without him because he is truly that amazing, he's truly that good. And his character, again, we sang about it earlier, his holiness, it's just a character of consistency. God is always who he is. If he's the God who loves yesterday, he's the God who loves today. If he's the God who saves 1,000 years ago, he's the God who saves 1,000 years from now as well. The God who forgives and frees and upholds and inspires and uplifts, whatever he needs to do, that is what he is. He's consistent, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's available to us. So I know, no matter what's going on outside those doors or in my life, when I walk into this place or I get away from it all and have a one-on-one -on -one moment with God, I'm not worried about my circumstances. I'm focused consistently on the character of my God who is all-powerful, all-present, all-worth it, the miracle-working God that is involved in my life. It's why they put blinders on horses when they race, right? Because they know if they see the other ones, they're gonna do a little kicking, they're gonna do a little whatever, and they're not gonna be focused on what they're called to do. Sometimes I think we need to just put blinders on and say, okay, who is God? Okay, cool, well, it doesn't really matter necessarily what's going on around here if that's who God is. And again, the great thing is, is that everything that's going on around here, God cares about. He's not just saying, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm the focus of attention. No, he's saying, hey, look at me, and I'll take care of all this other stuff. Just invite me into it. Help me be a part of it. That's what God does, the character of our God. See, so, so David leaned in to the Lord in so many amazing ways. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. It's, he's the only one in the entire book of Scripture that that title is given, a man after God's own heart. So Psalm 5 is kind of written in the middle of his life, but Psalm 103 that I'm going to read to you is written towards the end of his life. 
where David has seen he's done amazing things and he's done some pretty awful things. Adultery, murder, he had some betrayal happen in his life. So he's been through the journey that we've been through before. And here's what he says in Psalm 103, let all that I am, would you circle that word all? Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives my, all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. I just love that. I've been really leaning into this word good a lot when it comes to God. It's easy because it just adds one more O, right? Like just the good things, that's all it's about. And he wants to bring those things to our life. The key is the first sentence, let all that I am. I love that God invites us to bring our all to him. That we don't have to try and fix ourselves, we don't have to try and present ourselves, you don't even have to try and fix all the doubts or worries that you may have. God says, hey, just bring who you are, and man, that's enough for me to work with. Bring who you are, and that's enough for me to help and show you who I am and bring you into a deeper experience of life and myself that you never thought possible. Let all that I am praise the Lord. After David's entire life, his prayer was that. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And I love this little video I saw on Instagram not too long ago, and I think it goes along with this verse, but also the whole idea of I'll never let my circumstances influence my worship, but only the character of my God and I, what I've, I love watching these videos because there's uh, pastors and churches that go into the prison system and lead them in worship. And for me, I don't know if there's anything more powerful than see a bunch, a bunch of guys who are broken, who have made decisions that have affected their entire life, giving their, everything that they have to God. I wanted to share this like 30 second video with you that I saw on Instagram this week that I think really encouraged me. <laughs> Come on, that's really good. It's just so powerful and we see moments like that. And I love what the reel said. It said, you know, for a moment they were just kind of playing and they were watching. But it just took one guy to say, you know what? I've tried this myself and I can't do it. So if there is a great God out there, all right, I'm just gonna give him a chance. And I honestly believe that God was moving and speaking to guys in that prison in that moment. And all it takes is for us to be the example sometimes of, you know what, yes, things are crazy, my circumstances are out of control, but God, I'm focused on God's character, and my God is a good God, so no matter what, I am going to worship. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible where the nation of Israel, God's people, is going to war, and God says, hey, the first people to send out into battle are the worshipers. Not the best warriors, send out the worshipers. Those people who will lift their hands and bring the presence of God out into the battlefield first and foremost. That's what God's inviting us to do. That's what God is inviting us to be a part of. Let me give you three, three uh, quick things as we begin to close today. Statements for you that I believe will forever alter and impact your worship. Number one is this, is when I don't, even when I don't feel it, you're worth it. Here's the thing, worship is not necessarily about how you feel. Remember one of the statements we said in the beginning? I'm not gonna be ruled by my emotions anymore. So the thing is, is sometimes there will be times in, in worship where maybe you don't feel necessarily anything. 
But that's okay because what I've found in those moments is even though I may not be feeling anything, I'm still strengthened, I'm still encouraged because I know my prayer and worship is not falling on deaf ears. It's falling on a God who is listening, an audience of one. Even when I don't feel it, God, you're still worth it. Because let me just tell you right now, God has done enough in your life to earn a lifelong amount of worship for you, all right? Through just what he's done through his son Jesus. But he still wants to do more. There is more. There is always more. Because the Bible tells us God is always at work in our life. He works out all things for good to those who love God. But even in this moment, even today, when you can't feel it, God's still worth it. And it's just a powerful place to be of consistency and faithfulness. Remember, like we said last week, it's not about perfection. It's about simply remaining faithful. So even when I can't feel it, God, you're worth it. What's the second statement? Well, even when I can't take it anymore, God, you're with me. God, even when I can't take this life anymore, God, you're right there with me in those moments. See, it's to realize that, that when I'm worshiping, God's here in this place. That when I'm praising the name of Jesus, God is here in this place. And he knows that sometimes we can't take it. We are not meant to carry everything in this life all by ourselves. We know that we need God, we know that we need others, which is why we're starting circles in just a month here, because we know we need each other and we need God. So even when I can't take it, which some of us maybe were in that place today, God, I'm gonna believe you're with me. I'm gonna believe that you're here in this place. And just like we sang today, the third thing, even when I can't see it, I know you're working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. I believe these three statements will radically forever impact and alter the way you worship. So that man, even when I don't feel it, God, you're so worth it, so I'm gonna worship like you're here in the room. God, even when I can't take it, I know that you're with me, you're holding me up. It's the old footprints poem picture that my mom used to have in our bathroom at home. The footprints in the sand, right? I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it's this little poem that says, well, God, how sometimes there were only one set of footprints. And God says, well, those were in the moments of life where I had to carry you through these things. But when I can't take it, you're with me. And the third thing is, even when I can't see it, God, I know you're working. Because I know you're always working things together for good. It may not be good right now, but you're, God, you're working it together for good. Because I love you and I care for you and I want to lean into you today. That's who God is. It's the goodness of who he is. And I'm so passionate about this thing called worship, not because it's a have to, not because it's about some sort of religious right or performance, because just giving God a chance in worship in my life is what changed everything. How did I get to the place that I am here at? Simply by every time there was a chance to worship God. This was the posture of my expression and the posture of my heart and the posture of my soul and spirit because I knew God is that good God. Before we read one last psalm today, I wanted to just show you this. Um, this is a little matchbox from Adrian and I's wedding. September 12, 2015. What about on six years this year? Woo, we made it. Yeah, well, you know, six years is good. It's almost a 10, so I guess we're doing good. Should be easy from here. Um, but we had these matches at our wedding, and we, it, what's great about this, if you ever get matches for your wedding, you'll have matches for the rest of your life. We have like a case of matches uh, uh, with our little names on them. But I think what's important is... Um, is to realize that there's moments in our relationships that ignite a passion for something, right? Like our wedding, you know, that was a great moment and it ignited a passion for our life together. But see, we couldn't just save it for that one moment. Like if I just looked at, well, you know, September 12th, that was a great day and I've never ignited passion ever again in our marriage, you know, which 
is not true. Try to. Um, in our relationship with God, it's the same way. We, we can't just be going from moment to moment. It's consistency. It's every day. And the reason I brought the matches is because I think for me, and maybe this can be true for you, is that worship is that thing. It's that powerful thing that when I have the friction choice of even though my life may not, I may not want to, I still am going to do it. It's that thing that ignites that continued passion for God, for me to be a light to people. And see, what God does is he takes this small little flame and he, he builds it into something that begins to bring warmth and light to people around you. And he's like, you know what? Let's continue to ignite that spark. And then he builds you into the beautiful bonfire of passion of someone who is following him so that it can bring light and strength and warmth as fire and light does to people. But see, every moment that we have together, especially on Sundays, I believe it's so important, is a moment to ignite that flame again, to ignite that passion, to know that we can experience God and there is nothing better than that. Here's the encouragement that David gives us at the end of Psalm chapter five. He leaves us at the end of the chapter with this, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praise forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with the shield of love. This is the God that we're experiencing today. We're taking refuge in God because we know he is the refuge from the storm. We are singing joyful praise because we know we can't do this without our God and he is with us in this moment today. So for now on, I want us to take that opportunity to never miss a chance to experience God in a real way, to show us, to show him, to, for us to show God that he is worth everything we truly value his presence and we get the, the spotlight off ourselves and onto him. Because when I'm worrying about God, I'm focused on someone who can carry the things I can't carry, who can do the things I can't do. Even when I don't feel it, you're worth it, God. Even when I can't take it, you're with me, God. Even when I don't see it, you are working. Come on, if you believe that today, give me a shout. Let's get into the presence of God this morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet as we close today? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.